Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Allison Jacobson. She's a global marketing director of artificial intelligence and analytic solutions at GE Healthcare. In her role, she is responsible for the strategic direction and execution of all global marketing functions. She's a highly adaptable marketing executive with over 15 years experience. Allison has worked internationally with successful global brands. At IBM, she directed global influence teams, providing integrated marketing programs with strategies to increase awareness and revenue. With 360training.com, a B2B and B2C training marketplace, Allison led a global marketing and e-commerce team focusing on brand awareness and growth campaigns, exceeding annual targets by 200% in 2015. Most recently, at an information technology consulting firm known as Triance, Allison developed and implemented a global omni-channel marketing strategies responsible for exceeding revenues by over 22%. She holds her bachelor's from Christopher Newport University, as well as an MBA from Texas A&M. I'm really excited to dig into the topics of AI and analytics within healthcare with Allison, and such a privilege to have her join us here today. So Allison, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you. I'm super glad to be here. I'm glad to talk about kind of my transition from pure technology-based industries to the healthcare industry and how I see AI playing a role in the next few years. Man, that's certainly going to be an interesting chat today. And, and before we dig into that transition and do some horizon viewing, I want to dig into a little bit more about what inspires you and your work in healthcare. Yeah, for me personally, you know, I left the pure technology sector, I'll call it, for healthcare because I really want to play a role in improving the future healthcare of my children and my grandchildren. You know, I want to be a part of a team that can do anything to help a clinician see more patients, have better visibility, have better diagnostic tools, and to be able to save more lives every day. I mean, we've all had that one person in our life who died unexpectedly or died needlessly, whether it was because they couldn't get to care fast enough, they were misdiagnosed, or, you know, any other myriad of reasons. And I really am driven to try to change that dynamic for the future. Well, that's a wonderful motivation, Allison, and one that I think drives a lot of us in healthcare. Tell us a little bit about how you and GE Healthcare are, are adding value to the healthcare ecosystem, specifically around these areas of AI and analytics. Yeah, I think we're helping that ecosystem by developing AI models, applications, solutions, what have you, that are really going to help our customers reduce cost, 
it's going to help them increase the access of care that they can provide to all patients. It's going to help improve the quality of care that they can provide because it enables improvements and efficiencies within their workflows every day. And I think GE Healthcare is uniquely positioned to do that because we're able to leverage over 125 years within the healthcare industry with the medical devices that we create and provide to our hospital systems every day and to the clinical partnerships that we have where we can harness those new technologies that aren't just focused on technology themselves, but are helping improve those patient outcomes every step of the way. For example, right, let's talk about self-driven cars. Mm -hmm. When we talk about self-driven cars, we're not really excited about the technology in the car. We're excited more about it reducing commute times, about it being safer, about it eliminating fuel in the environment. It's those things that really benefit us that get us excited. It's not about the technology in the car itself, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you're basically saying, hey, there's a ton of technology out here. We're focused on the benefits that our customers can obtain through this. And by way of that, the patients, us, right, receiving the care, the outcomes are better. They're more satisfied. So the driverless cars, the clinical decision support, the interoperability, forget about all that. It's about what the benefits are. Exactly. And about the patient's experience as well, right? Yeah. No, I love that. And then, you know, and we could forget that, you know, and, and even, you know, so you're listening to this and you're thinking, hmm, yeah, that's a good point. And you probably have a solution in your bag thinking, okay, let me just not focus on this tech so much. Let me focus on these benefits. It's easy to do, but it's also easy not to do. And so I'd love to hear more about what you believe makes what you guys are doing different and better than what's available today. Yeah, I think that's because while we're building the AI solutions into our devices Mm -hmm. and for our clients, you know, what you said, we're not thinking of AI as a technology, but it's a solution to solve a patient's problem and to create better outcomes. You know, we're building those models with a very strict set of AI principles that ensure we build the models that will be trusted, Mm -hmm. that won't be biased. And will be, you know, generalized versus brittle. And I think that's really important. We have three V's that we hold ourselves accountable to when we build models here at mm-hmm. GE Healthcare. That first one is volume. It's important, but it's not sufficient, right? And a volume of data is hard to come by within healthcare today. So that's kind of the first V. The second V is variety. If we're building a model that works in the U.S. and Europe, we better have the data that's located in the U.S. and Europe. That's part of why we've built the Edison platform is it helps us bring data from disparate sources to use not only as we build those models, but as we train those models and those models continue to learn. Hmm. And then the last V is veracity. Hmm. Even if you've got the volume and you have variety, How do you add clinical knowledge and ground truth to that data so that the data science model is learning what is important 
And it's not being fed in false positives just in the data itself. So volume, variety, and veracity, you know, we've found that this leads us to really generalized, unbiased data science. But again, it can't be about the technology. It has to be about that outcome, about the clinical workflow. We can never forget that, right? It's got to be deployed in the workflow in an invisible way that doesn't add depth or processes for the clinician. And I really think that's how we're doing it differently. And I think that difference matters. Hmm. Very well said. Uh, Love the volume, variety, and veracity, I guess, trifecta. And you guys are very well positioned to you know, leverage these factors. And, you know, when you talk about volume and the presence of GE healthcare within the global healthcare market, the variety that comes with that global footprint and really the veracity, you guys are well positioned. I'd love to hear more about how you guys are improving outcomes or improving business models with some of the work you're doing in this space. Yeah, sure. Before I answer that, though, back to your comment about variety in our global reach. That's a very important aspect that I think a lot of people don't realize. But if you take a chest x-ray, for example, to try to determine a pneumothorax, you know, the way we take an x-ray here in the U.S. is very different than the way that it might be taken in India or in China or in a small remote island, right? Yeah. The, the equipment might be aged differently. The technician skills are different. Some people, some regions will focus very finitely on the lungs. Others, a chest x-ray might be the entire torso. Some technicians might have you hold your arms down while some might have you put your arms on a hip and then you have an open air spot. It is that variety in GE's ability to have devices and data around the world that, again, makes those models better every single time. That's a good point. But how we're, again, doing all of this to improve outcomes is by never forgetting we exist to help clinicians improve lives in the moments that matter by completely living within the workflow and understand what is hurting the patient and using that technology to help. Let me give you you a perfect example. One of the biggest pain points we've learned within the ER and the ICU is that critical findings in an x-ray are often missed or could often be missed. You know, let's say it's early morning and you're ordering x-rays on some critical patients within the ICU. Those x-rays go into a queue and can take up to six hours to be read. You know, it's that first in, first out mentality. It doesn't matter necessarily what's in the file at that point. So, you know, we heard from many clinicians, I just lost a life because of this. There was a finding there that had I have known to intervene, I could have saved a life, but it got buried in the queue. So, you know, one of our very first AI use cases was to identify those critical conditions, that collapsed lung or that misplaced feeding tube, right at the point of image acquisition, and then to be able to prioritize that image for the radiologist to the top of his queue so that he could read it, he could identify it, and he could save that life. I think that's a perfect example of 
how living was in the workflow every minute of our existence and understanding what's broken, what's hurting our patients, and then solving that problem. I think that's how. Hmm, that's great. So they go in, they go get their image, and there's a set of things that happen probably with some frequency and the machine learning or the AI finds it, points it out to the radiologists and gives them the option, right? Of, hey, you know, this may be the case. You might want to double check this and a life is saved. Absolutely. Not doing the diagnostics itself. You're absolutely right. But just about prioritizing, hey, we're seeing these markers that we really want you to hone in on and not get distracted maybe by all of the outside noise as we like, you know, as, as we right. humans say, not we say, but um, <laughs> there's so much to look at and so much data to analyze that if we can just pinpoint some critical markers, it makes all the difference. Wow. Yeah, that's a great application. And I'm sure one of many across the variety of devices and therapies you guys offer what would you say is is a setback you guys have found? You know, I'm sure the three V's and some of the, you know, things that you guys have seen in the market have, the, the knowledge has been informed by some setbacks. So what types of setbacks have you seen and what was the key learning? Yeah, I don't know that we're seeing setbacks in that way. I think mm-hmm. one of the biggest challenges we see today is when an IT department and the clinicians within that organization aren't aligned. Yeah. You know, we see a lot of requests come from each that aren't necessarily, again, aligned or coupled to achieve the results that the organization really wants to achieve. And that's why some of our early adoptions of AI are being focused on operational use cases. You know, how do I take a 25-minute MR and make it 20 minutes? How do I take an ultrasound exam and create a 70% time savings? You know, these, these are operational things that both reduce costs, they help the clinicians, and they help the patient, quite frankly. You know, one of the apps that we have in particular is our MRRx solutions, okay. where, we, where we do automated slice placements on neuro exams. That takes minutes out of the exam. But it also improves the patient's experience, right? That customer, if you misplace the splice plane, may go home and then two days later get called back to the hospital because the radiologist can't necessarily compare that image versus an image taken a month ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that immediately is felt by the patient and the doctor and not providing that speed of care. So that's, you know, an immediately felt impact of AI that's both improving operations, reducing costs, and it's increasing that patient's experience in a way that really matters. So I think that, you know, that's a challenge and that's what we're learning is when you can marry the operational benefits with the clinical benefits, you're really getting better solutions for everyone. That's a great example. Again, Allison, thank you for that one. And you're right, you know, this cross-functional, you know, alignment is a challenge, you know, and finding ways to to speak to both of those stakeholders within the healthcare system is critical. I mean, you know, I had a guest recently that said, you know, <laughs> technology is kind of like a utility now. You're not going to be able to do anything without IT anymore. 
And if we're not working to find solutions like Allison and her team is at GE Healthcare, to find solutions for IT, for clinicians, in this case, operational use cases that marry with clinical use cases, then your technology is not going to succeed and you're not going to be a leading firm like GE to provide solutions. So what a great example, Allison, and shedding some light into how you guys are really adding value to your customer and ultimately the patient. What makes you most excited today? I think it's just about the endless opportunities ahead of us. You know, at GE Healthcare, we can't do this in a vacuum. We've developed an amazing Edison platform, which is a really robust set of services and technologies and business partners and clinical partnerships. And we're leveraging this in a way to provide and build solutions at speed and at scale. Things that our amazing data scientists, and believe me, we we have some fantastic ones that I work with, but that we're able to leverage others outside, some directly within the hospital systems, some at, you know, amazing universities that specialize in these things. And we can really get more and more of these solutions embedded invisibly in devices, in workflows to remove the burden on our clinicians and let them spend time doing what they really need to do to give us better health care versus I've got to go to, you know, this computer program and then switch over to this device and then go here. You know, there's so much bogging them down mm-hmm. that I'm excited about relieving that burden on them and letting them use their skill and their capabilities, again, to really pay attention to those I love and to give the best healthcare that they possibly can without limitation. That makes me excited. Certainly does. And the opportunity is huge to be able to do that for those that are caring for all of us. And so kudos to you and the team, Allison, for the great work and the great thinking that is going on over at GE Healthcare. We're getting here close to the end. Before we do get to your concluding thoughts, I'd love to hear what's on your mind reading-wise. Any books you'd recommend to the listeners? Yeah, I think, which, gosh, one of my favorites that I've not read it in a couple of years, I've read it several times mm-hmm. and should probably read again, is Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Mm. It's, you know, it's a really interesting book to me. We uh-huh. often think we in the business world need to fit into a certain definition or behave a certain way or we have limited tasks available to us and That book, every time I read it, reminds me that greatness comes from differentiation and to embrace that and to operate in a way that sets you apart doesn't make you swim with all the fish in the right direction, if that makes sense. (laughs) Totally. No, that's such a great call. And just thinking outside the box, right? Thinking laterally. Yes. So great. Yeah. And we do have that tendency in healthcare, right? I mean, we kind of... We're vertical thinkers. We think within the healthcare silo and often even worse within our own silo in the healthcare economy. So I think this is a great, great book for you to recommend to all of us, Allison. I had a chance to read it. I'm going to put it on my reread list as well. So I appreciate you triggering that thought and, and book recommendation. Yeah, anytime. I, I, you know, I would love for you to share with me some of your favorites as well. I love to read 
I have to admit, I've not been doing as much of it lately as I should, <laughs> but um, any recommendations from, from you? Gosh, you know, I there's a ton of books that I love, but, you know, one that comes to mind that is similar to Outliers, well, I guess there's, okay, I don't want to give you a bunch, but Range is a book that comes to mind. Have you checked out Range? I have not. Okay, so Range is about lateral thinking, and it's about un- exploring the areas outside of our own domain for greatness. And it just gives you an opportunity to really hone in on things that maybe you would not have associated to come up with insights. So range is is certainly up there on the list for me. Well, I'm going to check that out because definitely (laughs) always thinking outside of your box is really important to me. And anything that can help motivate me to continually do that is worth a read. (laughs) Oh, you and me both. I love it. And I'm sure listeners, you're like, yeah, count me in. This has been this has been a great conversation, Allison. Some great ideas and insightful comments that you've made. I'm sure a lot of people are taking notes as I am right now. Before we conclude, it'd be great if you could just leave us with the closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you to continue the conversation. Yeah, I think my closing thought always when I talk about AI and analytics is Number one, don't be afraid of it. It's not here to replace us as humans. It's here to make what we do every day better. Two is, you know, don't feel overwhelmed by AI, by analytics, by the infrastructure or the things that you think it may take to implement it in your organization. Start small, see some successes and expand from there. And you don't have to do it all yourself. There are some great businesses out there, Intel, AWS, Microsoft, you know, many small data and AI startups that would love to partner with you and to build opportunities together. So I think those are kind of the three things I always want people to feel and embrace when they talk about AI and the opportunity for us tomorrow. Great thought to leave us with and and even considering GE Healthcare for AI opportunities. So if a customer of yours is currently on your platforms, a great application, thinking about how the Edison platform can help. But also, how about if somebody is not using your platforms and does the Edison platform help them? Or, or can you maybe touch on that a little bit? It does, yes. The technologies that we're building are what I would call device agnostic. Okay. Technology agnostic. So, absolutely, you know, our applications and solutions can certainly be leveraged from what a pure IT play to help anyone. Very good to know. So, folks, as you explore your options, check out all of them, including GE Healthcare, on what they could do. And so, where could the listeners find out more about you, about, you know, the Edison platform and team? Yeah, around Edison and AI and analytics and the things that we're doing, if you go to gehealthcare.com, right on the homepage, there's a product dropdown, products and solutions. And if you click that, Edison is readily available. There are lots of white papers, articles, videos, resources where we talk through our development practices and how we're enabling precision hair healthcare with AI. 
so you can go there. You can feel free to email me at allison.jacobson at ge.com or check me out on LinkedIn. I think any of those three ways we could continue a conversation. I love it, Allison. There you have it, folks. Several ways to engage. And Allison, it's A-L-L-Y-S-O-N dot Jacobson at GE. We'll also leave a link to all the resources that she has shared today, the show notes, transcripts. You could find all those at outcomesrocket.health. In the search bar, type in GE Healthcare and you'll find all those ways to get in touch and read the show notes. Allison, such a privilege to connect with you today and definitely looking forward to hearing more about how the Edison platform is working to make healthcare better and and also keeping in touch with you. Yeah, thank you. Invite me back anytime. As as you can tell, I love this stuff. I'm very passionate about it and and I like to take any opportunity possible to share it. (laughs) Well, we certainly do appreciate it, Allison. Thanks again. All right, bye-bye. Hey everyone, Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage? Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.